All right, today I just want to um, share a word with you that has been on my heart recently. Um, my wife and I have embarked on uh, probably about uh, 28 days long of devotion together as husband and wife. And, and th this has been something that God has spoken to us, both of us, very deeply. And today I want to share with you, my, the, the title of my message today is Faith in Famine. Faith in Famine. Um, you know, so throughout the Bible in the Old Testament, there were many times when uh, famine was mentioned in the Bible. And there were a lot of times where there were famine in the Bible in the Old Testament. So what does it mean to live in a famine? And this pandemic that we are currently going through right now, are we going through a famine? You know, so let's look to the Word of God and let's see how uh, the people of God responded, you know, in the times of famine. Now, um, let's look at the definition of what is a famine. Okay, a famine is a situation in which there is not enough food for a great number of people, causing illness and death, or a particular period when this happens. This is a, a definition uh, from the Cambridge Dictionary. So basically, it, it normally happens because of a change of weather. It was just too hot that nothing grows. Or maybe it happened after, you know, during war or after a, a, a long period of war. You know, that, that nothing could just grow and people were just, you know, starved. They were hungry. Now, one of the natural things to do during famine was to cut back on spending. You want to save more. You want to hoard more. You want to work more over time so that hopefully you have enough to go through the famine. You know, the thing about famine is that we don't know how long it will last. Even in the Bible, they don't know how long famine will last, but they just hope that they can survive through the famine, that hopefully they could exit the famine, they could, they could preserve their life over this famine. Now, the, the Bible shows us that times of hardship, you know, have existed in every generation. So what we are dealing today, you know, in terms of the hardship that we are going through, over this pandemic, right? It's nothing new. You know, when we read the Old Testament, you know, we have seen that how they have gone through famines, they've gone through times where they were, they were, they were in hunger, there were no water, no rain. You know, and, 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 and remember Elijah to pray for rain to come. Now today, as we look into that, I want to, all of us to look into the Word of God and see how should we react or respond by having faith in times of famine. Now, I want you to look into Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. All right, if you can go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, we will start off with Abraham. We'll go through a few stories today, and then we will just look through how each and every one of them responded to famine. Now, in Genesis 12, verse 10, it says this, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt, to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Because the famine was severe. Now, this was Abraham's uh, uh, going to... That was his response to famine. Right? He, he went down to Egypt. Now, if you were to look above, before verse 10, in the, in the beginning of chapter 12, right, that was when God gave Abraham his promise. God, was, God told Abraham, you know, move out from the land of Ur, go to a place that I will give you, and I will make your nations great, I will make your descendants great. Now, if you look at um, Genesis 12, verse 7, all right, uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham. This was before the famine struck. 
And before Abram decided to move down to Egypt, you know, God appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now you see this, just before verse 10, just before the, the famine struck, God promised Abram that he will give this land to him. And then right in verse 10, it's like suddenly the famine struck. And he was forced, the Bible said that he was forced to go down to Egypt to leave for a while because the famine was severe. You know, you, you, you could wonder why. You know, God just gave you a promise before verse 10. And suddenly when famine struck, you chose to abandon the land that God promised that he will give you. What, where is that faith? We have learned that Abraham is a father of faith. Why isn't he trusting in God's promises that God will definitely sustain him and will definitely give this land to him? And why did he go to Egypt? You know, it's interesting to, to note that, you know, Abraham, those days, they were living uh, their life as a nomad. You guys know what's nomad, right? We probably learned that in our schools. So they live a nomadic life. That means they, they move from places to places to places. Now, back in those days, you must understand this. You know, as a, as a, as a, for those people who live as a nomad, they will move from location to location following to where there is source of water. Because, it's import, because water is important for them, for them to feed their livestock, for them to grow their crops and all that. So therefore, they will, they will move. You know, wherever there's water, they will go. Now, why do they go to Egypt? You know, if you could see the, the, the map, because Egypt have this beautiful river called Nile River. All right? If you could see uh, the, the map on your left, you see all the green part, right? That's where all the, uh, the, the, the Nile River flows. And you can see it's only there they have water and therefore everything around it was green. Now, you look at that. When the famine struck the place that Abram was at, naturally his tendency was to choose to move to a place where there were water and they could, he could probably continue to survive and live so that he can, he can take after his own life and make sure that he can go through this famine. And you know what? The, 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 the river now is interesting because at every year around September period, the, the, the river will overflow to the bank. Or if you see the, the next... Uh, 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 image, it will, it will overflow out to flood the bank, you know, and then it will make the bank a very fertile ground and make it very good for plants and crops to grow. And that's why people go towards Egypt. And in fact, there was this thing called Egypt, you know, the, 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 the Egypt nation, it's a, they, they call it a gift of now. You know, because it, of now river, they were so prosperous. Now you see this, God had just promised Abram. But when famine struck, he was forced, he chose to go to Egypt. You know what, friends, church, sometimes, when we have faith, you know, often our faith is followed by a famine to test our faith, to see if we will still put trust in our God, to see if we will still trust in the promises that our God gave us. You know, though Egypt was a place to avoid in Israel's future, when Abram was there, it is not yet. Now, the problem with Abram's journey to Egypt wasn't just because of the going. You know, it's the leaving behind. He went to Egypt without seeking God's input. He didn't deny God when he moved. 
but he totally forgotten about God. And that's why if you could see the story further, when he went to Egypt, he made a lot of silly mistakes. He made a lot of silly decisions that, 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 that could cause his marriage. You know, he told his wife, Sarai, to, to, to tell people that she is not his wife because he, he was fearing that his life could be in danger. You know what? You see, Abram went to a place when he was trusting and he built an altar to, to remember the promises of God. But when famine came, he went from faith to a place where he began to take everything in his own hands to, to begin to decide, what should I do for myself? What should I do to preserve my life? And he began to tell Sarah to cheat, to lie, that, to tell, lie to people that he, she is not his wife. You see, friends, when we move from a position of faith to a position where we begin to see that we need to take control, we need to plan for ourselves, we forgot about God, and that is when we will come to think that we are smart, we can do a lot of plans on our own, and we begin to find ourselves often in silly mistakes. And that's what Abraham did. You know, the famine is it's, it's, it's more than just an event in Abraham's life. The famine in the land caused a famine in Abram's own heart. You know, a, a, a lot of time because of the situation, because of famine, it's possible to convert the trust in the Lord to, into a trust in our own self, the trust in our own ability. We may still look like Christians doing the right things, but we are far from the heart of God. You know, as Abram searched for food to preserve his life, he strayed away from God. You know, I just want to ask you this question. Two years, these two years in 2020 and 2021, you know, we may not be going through a famine right now, but because we still have food on our table, we can still have meals that we can eat. But has this pandemic caused you or forced you to relocate your trust from God to yourself? Has it forced you to to begin to take action, begin to instead of trusting in God, you begin to say, what can I do? What must I do more? What must I do different in this pandemic so that I can preserve my life? Friends, you know what? It is possible. You know, Abram, God appeared to him. There was two encounters before him. He built an altar to remember all that. But yet, because of the famine, he moved. You know, comfort and security matters. I understand that. I'm, I'm not saying it's not important. We, we all have needs and God knows that. You know, His trials, God's trials are not ultimately to threaten our comfort and security. You know, the only threats that every time that we go through trials is to the idols that we have established to look like them. You know, every time when we go through trials like this, we look forward to an idol that will give us comfort and security to replace God, who we can trust, who we can know that for sure God will guide us, God will take care of us. You know, God is not after our comfort. God is not threatening our lives. You know, but a lot of time, when hard times come, when, when, when famine comes, when pandemic comes, you know, often God wants to show us, are we still trusting Him or have we created an image? Have we created an idol, a source of trust? a source of comfort that we can rely on instead of God. You know, church, and I pray that as we look at how Abram and the rest of the people responded to famine, I pray that today we will all come back to God. And I, and I, and I love it that even though Abram did that mistake, but very much later, even in the book of Hebrews 11, when all the heroes of faith were mentioned, 
God still called him the father of faith, heroes of faith. You know, God was gracious to him. You know, the famine led Abram far from God, but it wasn't the famine's fault. It was what Abram's choice. It was what he chose to do during the famine. You know what? A lot of time we can blame God, say, God, why is this COVID stretching so, so long? You know, we thought 2020 will be over. We thought 2021 will be over. And now we are in, we are in September of 2021. It looks like you'll, you'll be prolonged in 20, into 2022. When is this going to be over? You know, a lot of time it has got nothing to do with the pandemic, but it has got to do with all the choices and the decisions that we make throughout this pandemic. And that's where we find ourselves where we are today. So you know what? I just want to encourage you. Don't blame the pandemic. Maybe today as we look back, look at all the decisions, what are the choices that we made that got us where we are today? Perhaps we have moved from God to Egypt. I don't know where it's your Egypt. You know, perhaps some of us, it's just like a nomadic, we begin to, to find, oh, there's no more jobs here. Maybe Malaysia, you think it's not longer a good country for you. Therefore, we look forward to, we find out Egypt. Perhaps you should go to Singapore. Perhaps you should go to Australia. Let's just leave. But is that what God wants you to do? You know, it's not because He moved that mattered. It's because He forgot to seek God when He moved. I'm not saying you should not move from where you are. But when you decide that, was God at the center, at the heart of the decision that you make? Perhaps it's today, you know, let's look at that. You know, it's interesting that as we read, you know, God didn't really rebuke Abraham because he moved, and he, because he moved to Egypt. But interestingly, the next generation, you know, as we go to Isaac, Abraham's son, all right? Now let's look at um, Genesis 26, verse 1 to 6. All right, Genesis 26, verse 1 to 6. Now, now there was a famine in the land. See, again, during Isaac's time, the famine struck again. You know, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all this land and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give them all these lands and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instruction. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Now, do, do you notice this? This was the difference. God told Isaac, no, don't go to Egypt like Abraham. Stay. Stay at where you are right now. At that point of time, Isaac was at Gerar, um, where the Philistines are. You know, God said, don't move to Egypt like your father. Don't, don't go there. And we know what uh, happened to Isaac in the book of Genesis 26, verse 12. The Bible said this, Then Isaac planted crops in that land, and at the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. You know, because the Lord blessed him. You know what? 
did, did you see what happened? Isaac obeyed the Lord. God said, no, don't go to Egypt. You know, the world will think that Egypt should be the place to go to because there's a, now, there's a river of now there. You know, it probably looks prosperous. It's probably look the place where everything is booming. You know, you, probably everyone in the world is going there when, during, in the time of famine. But God told Isaac, no, don't go there. Just stay at where you are. And we must remember it was a famine. The similar situation that Abram faced. But you know what? The thing that was different was Isaac heard from the God, from, from God, and he obeyed. And you know what? The Bible said Isaac planted crops in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. During the famine, he reaped a hundredfold. You know, the Lord knows that there is a famine. So, why, do, why doesn't he rain down some stuff to Isaac? Why don't he do the, ma- the miracle of manna earlier? You know, just to rain down uh, uh, food, rain down provision to Isaac. You know, because God knows, because God is more interested in Isaac's character than his comfort. You know, it's the same for us. The Lord is sh- going to show Isaac a truth in the time of hardship. It starts by being in the place where God has placed us. Today, I don't know what God is telling you. Perhaps God is just telling you, hey, stay. Stay in city light. Go for service every Sunday. Stay in your life group. Stay in Penang. Perhaps. I'm not saying you should not leave Penang. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying leaving Penang is not God's will for you. But what is God telling you? Is He telling you to stay? Is God telling you, hey, every Sunday be faithful. Don't church hopping. You know what? Nowadays, we can do church hopping so easily. We just go to YouTube and we just click different churches. One hour, we can hop 50 churches. It's like we can teleport US, UK, and every churches in the world you want to go to. But God is just saying, perhaps God is saying to you, hey, stay. Stay in this land. Where is God asking you to stay in this time of famine and pandemic? Because the Lord is going to show Isaac the truth in times of hardship. You know, in times of hardship, do not go with the way of the world. Because the world will say Egypt is the place to go. Egypt is the place to be. And then during that time, everybody knows that the world is saying, go, go to Egypt. Don't stay there. Just go to Egypt. But God is saying, you know, hey, you know what? Don't follow what the world is saying. Don't follow where the world is going. Stay. Stay. And when Isaac obeyed, that's a miracle. And when he sowed, you know, he, I, I love that when the Bible says Isaac planted crops. You know, it's not about just, okay, God, I will stay. And he does not just passively stay there and wait for the famine to be over. But God said he planted. There was an active, there was, an, there, there, there was a verb there. He, he, he did something to demonstrate his trust on God. Because God said, stay. And he planted. Perhaps God is saying to you, hey, you know what? Stay in Penang. I'm going to make wonders in your life. I don't know if that's for you, but you know what? The crucial part in Isaac's story was this. He heard from God. He obeyed. And he acted on it. And Isaac recognized that the power to prosper in time of famine comes from God. You know, the, 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 the source of uh, where the power to prosper comes, it comes from God alone. It's not where I'm at. Because in Deuteronomy 
chapter 8, verse 18. The Bible said this, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. You know, Isaac knew that for him to prosper, for him to survive, for him to gain his wealth, the source of all that is God and not Egypt. And therefore, he decided, even though famine comes, I'm going to put my trust on God. I will not go where the world is flocking to. Today, maybe we see you know, the whole pandemic. I don't know, maybe Singapore sounds like a good place. Maybe New Zealand sounds like a good place. I've got some of my friends who, who, who are asking me, that, hey, Isaac, are you ever thinking of migrating? I said, I know I'm too old for that. I will live here and die here. Malaysian. You know, perhaps you're thinking of looking for a greener pasture. You know, you know what? The, 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 um, <laughs> your, your neighbor's grass, grass is greener on the other side, right? That's what people always say, right? You know, but grass is actually greener where you water it. You know, so what is God telling you? If God is telling to us, telling to you today, stay, trust me. You know, and I love it that Isaac did not just have a passive trust by just staying there and not doing anything and wait for the famine to be over. You know, some of us, we, we live lives like, oh, okay, it's pandemic, that I can't do anything anyway, I can't go to work anyway, I'll just, I'll just do the minimal amount to keep me survive through this period. No, Isaac planted. You know, there was an active verb that he did. There was something that he did to demonstrate his trust for God. Why would you even bother to plant something in famine? You already know it's famine. But he knew that the source of his wealth comes from God alone. And if God told him to stay, God will provide for him. And that's why I love this word, perseverance. Persevere. The word per in English means true. Persevere means to severe through the famine. Perhaps this is a time God is wanting to test our faith, to build our faith so that we can trust in Him, so that we can, we can, we can, we can, we can put our hope in Him and say, yes, God, I believe in You. You know, these two years, no matter how long this pandemic will, will last, I'm going to trust in You. I'm going to do my best, just like before the pandemic days. I'm going to work hard to demonstrate your idea, I trust in you. So we got to persevere. You know, it's interesting, you know, Abraham went through famine, and Isaac went through famine, the next generation. And there was another generation after Abraham and Isaac that went through famine as well. It's Joseph. We all know the story very well, right? Let's look through uh, the Bible again in Genesis 41. Genesis 41, 28 to 32. This is Joseph trying to interpret Pharaoh's dream. All right? So the Bible says this, It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. Then, all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. Can you see that? The abundance, the famine is so bad until they cannot remember the abundance that they have had in that seven years before that. 
It is so severe. Now, verse 32 says, The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. So Joseph was interpreting Pharaoh's dream and tell him that, you know, God has decided it will happen. And let's read on in verse uh, uh, 33 to 36. He says, And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years they are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt, so that the country may not be ruined by famine. Alright? And, and that's what, that was what happened. You know, Joseph knew, well, Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, and therefore he knew that God has told Pharaoh that a, a famine was coming. Now, the difference in this part was Joseph had time to prepare for it. He had time to plan for it. And, and when, when the famine finally come, you know, in, in, in Genesis 47 verse 13, the, the Bible said there was no food. However, in the whole region, because the famine was severe, both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. There was no food. And you know what? It was Joseph's wise strategy and effective implementation of the plan that allowed Egypt to go through this time of famine. And not only that, Egypt was able to supply grain to the rest of the world during the famine. Now, it's interesting to note that God's blessing for the people of Israel came only after and through His blessing of the foreigners, the Egyptians. You know, you know God did not raise up an Israelite to provide for them, but God enabled Joseph working in and through the Egyptian government to provide for the needs of the people of Israel. You know, it's interesting. Joseph was doing a lot of stuff on what he did to, 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 to collect, to prepare during the seven years of abundance. He was faithful to Pharaoh. And pri uh, prior and through the famine, he worked hard and added value to Pharaoh's assets. If you, you can read that, that story after the service. You know, Pharaoh's assets were, were multiplied because of Joseph's strategy and Joseph's plan. And that was during the famine, prior to the famine and during the famine, Joseph was working hard for Pharaoh. And because of that, his family were blessed. And the nations of the world have food supplies that they could get so that they would not perish because of hunger. You know what? I just thought of this. Like, perhaps this is a time during the pandemic we should work hard. We should add value to our employers just like what Joseph did. Don't think that because we can work from home, therefore we can slack. Don't think that because we can work from home, our boss cannot see me, therefore we, 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 just, we just have that, oh, the tida apa attitude, we just do our minimum to survive. You know what? I want, I want to encourage you, be like Joseph. He worked through the pandemic. He worked through the famine. 
And Pharaoh saw so much value in him. You know, he multiplied and added Pharaoh's asset during the pandemic, I mean, during the famine. You can see, you know, like, like people will come to Joseph, you know, this money are useless to us. We want food. You know, we just give you our money. They, 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 they gave him the lands and all that stuff. You know, Pharaoh's assets actually multiplied during the famine because Joseph helped him too. I, I just want to suggest to you, perhaps, you know, whether it is nothing spiritual, but perhaps God is telling you today, hey, yo, when you go back to work tomorrow, add value to your company. Add value to your boss so that your boss, your employer will see the value that you will bring to the company. Just like Joseph did. Wow. Maybe, wow, your, your, the boss may say, wow, Tai Siang, you have bring so much value to the company. It's a tough time, but you have done so much. You know what? That is what that will separate us apart from everyone else. Because God is with us. You know, God is with us, not just in church, not just when we worship, we feel His presence, but when we go back to work, you know what? We can add value to our companies, to our employers, that, 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 that people, that, that our bosses will be like, what's wrong with you? You know, people are just slacking and they're not working, they're not submitting on time, but you are just performing way above everyone else. I want this to be our praise report when the pandemic ends. I want this to happen right now. I want to encourage you. Let's not wait until the pandemic is over. Then we thought, okay, let's start our engine. Let's work. No. Right now, we work harder. We work as hard or maybe harder before the pandemic came. Can we do that? If you are a student, don't think because you're studying from home, you're, you, you, you turn off your Zoom camera, your teacher can't see you. You know what? Be proactive. Every question that the teacher is asking, be the first person to answer that question. Turn on your, your, your Zoom video and say, Teacher, I want to answer that question. Doesn't matter whether you get it right or wrong, but you want to be participative. I'm sure the teachers in this room will be so encouraged of what I say. You know what? Do it. Don't just like, oh, I can play Roblox while the teacher is teaching. I can play, I don't know what game is that, you know, uh, Fortnite, okay? So, don't do that. You know? Be participative. And the teacher was like, what's wrong with this student? You know, everyone is just like, you know, but he offered. He volunteered. He is so proactive. And it's interesting. You know, we thought Joseph, there was, wasn't much mentioned about Joseph and God and all that stuff. But in Genesis 41, verse 50 to 52, the Bible said this, Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Do you see that? Joseph remembered God even when he was in the time of famine. He knows that God is the source of everything. And it was God who caused him to be fruitful. You know what? I, I want to pray and I want to believe this. In all of you who are working, all of you who are in the marketplace, I, I, 
can, can I just can I just talk to you honestly? I, I I just want to stand here and believe with you together. By this time next year, if you were to do, be faithful, and to your company and add value to your company, by this time next year, can you believe God for a promotion at your workplace? Can you believe God for increment? Because He's the one who will supply you. You know, it's not because oh the pandemic has come. Perhaps I need to move. Everyone is going to KL, but. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't move to KL. And all those of you who have moved to KL and tuning in, you know, don't feel bad. I'm not talking about you, okay? I moved from KL to here, you know, so. But perhaps, you know, you should add value to your company, to your employer. You know, trust God. Do your best at work. And let that be a demonstration of your trust in God. By doing well and putting more effort, by putting hours of hard work in the work at, at your workplace. Let that be evident before your employers. My life group member was just sharing this on Friday night. Um, he said she said she was having a a tough time working, and she was just having a a, a roller coaster with emotion and all that stuff. Um, so she was just praying for for the workplace, and then and then she sensed God said this to to her. You know what? You should stay in this company. Um, this is the boss that I have sent to mentor you, to guide you, to lead you this season of your life. So she, she just obeyed God. I mean, it doesn't, probably doesn't feel good. It's probably not what she wanted. And, and then one day when the boss was just talking to her, you know, she, she, she told boss, her, her boss this thing. You know what? I, I'm sorry for all that thing, but God told me that you are the boss for me this season. God want me to continue to stay in the company. The boss felt like, huh? God told you I am your boss? That sounds really funny. But you know what? Her boss appreciated her that moment on. Her boss showed uh, encouragement to say, hey, you know, tomorrow is holiday, take a, re- take a break, you know, um, um, re- recover well and all that. I was just so happy because it was so evident that she was sharing to her, her employer what God spoke to him. And not only that, in the life of Joseph, God used this famine to reunite his, him with his family. You know, sometimes you could think that pandemic is prob- a famine is, or a pandemic is probably the hardest thing. Nothing good can come out, come out from it. That's what the world thinks. When a famine hit, nothing good can come out from it. There's nothing you grow that will survive. There's nothing that you grow that will, that will bear fruit. There's nothing that you grow that we can, we can take a harvest. Nothing good will come out. We, we just need to pray. Hopefully, the famine is over as soon as possible. But you know what? God used this famine to reunite Joseph with his family. And I just thought, maybe during this time in the pandemic, this is the time that God wants to restore some of our relationship, especially with your loved ones and your family. I, I can tell you, for during these two years, especially this year, we, we have been doing a lot of our family time at home. Um, and um, we, we just come together and pray. We just come together and play games and we share uh, with everyone, with the kids. And, um, you know, I, and I just love when my younger son, Ramus, prays. He, he prays like you can feel that, you know, he's just pouring out his heart to God. And, and that is so touching. And, and, and there are times when they will look forward, hey, dad, mom, today is family time, yeah, can we just, you know, uh, make sure you, we, you don't do your work and you just come and, yeah, yeah, well, let's do that, you know, let's play a game. And sometimes we just buy ice cream, we buy bubble tea and come back, we just 
have a time to just share and talk and pray. Um, and it's been, it's been great. You know, we've been talking about anger, we've been talking about frustration, we're talking about what we are thankful for, and the kids are learning to express themselves. And I, I'm just so happy uh, with that because I can see God shaping their lives. Perhaps this is the time. And, and uh, you know what? Before this pandemic, never happened. But I'm really thankful if there's one thing that we've got really closer to one another. And we decided on Malaysia Day, come on, let's just, uh, instead of just watching our own TV and uh, play games or whatever, why don't we come together and clean the house? You know, for the whole day, we were cleaning the house together as a family. Perhaps God wants to use this time to reunite or reinforce or restore a real relationship with our loved ones, our family. I, I don't know. But what? How, how, how are your relationship with your family? Perhaps this is a time God wants to restore that. You know, it's interesting. As we see these three different generations, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they had different responses to famine. Can we have the next slide? You see, Abraham moved. Okay? Abraham moved. Isaac stayed and sold. But Joseph prepared for the famine. And I, and I just want to tell you this. That's the beauty. You know, as, I was, as God was just talking to me about famine, there is no one way or one type of response that we can respond to famine. And you can see all these three different generations. You know, Abraham moved to Egypt and God sustained him. Isaac stayed and sold. Joseph prepared for the famine. I, I don't want to tell you that this is the only way how we should all respond during this time of pandemic. But you know what? What's more important is I want all of us to hear from God just like Isaac did. What is that one thing that God wants us to do during this season. What is it? And and, and, and it's it's really important. You know, I, I, I don't want I don't want all of us to miss out this season that you know we, 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 we could have we could have done or achieved more, but I don't know. But then we just wasted that. What one of my friends, you know, in last year, you know, I, I just I just I just found out a um, few months ago. It was a bad year for everyone. It was a tough year for everyone. You know what? He grow his assets more than 500%. I was like, wow, that's amazing. The year when everyone said it's hopeless. Just do the minimum to sustain. But he grew his wealth 500%. I'm not asking you to go after wealth. But I want to tell you there's something that God can do through us, even in times of famine that we, that our lives can glorify God. That when people see us, you know what? They will see God in us. Amen. And, and, and if you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one similarity after the famine was this, that all three of them, they got richer. They got wealthier after the famine. Now let's, let's, let's look at that, the, the, the verse. In Genesis 13, verse 1 to 2. Okay, in Genesis 13, 1 to 2, in Abraham, and Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south. Look at this. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. In a time of famine, 
The world thinks it's impossible. The world thinks that no way you're going to make it. Just survive. Let's just do the minimum. But God prospered Abram. And Isaac, let's look at Isaac. In the same verse, that Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. We, we read that. And the Lord blessed him. And then the Bible says this, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I like this verse. He began to prosper, continued prospering, became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. I tell you, your colleague will wonder, what happened to you? How do you get an increment? How do you get all that? How, what, what? It's all by trusting what God says and demonstrating it by adding value to our employer at whatever that we are doing right now. And look at Joseph. In Genesis 47, verse 12. So Israel, you know, after, uh, during the famine, Joseph actually uh, asked Jacob and his, uh, the father and the brothers to relocate to come to Egypt. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. You know what? If you're going to trust in God through the famine, God is going to multiply what you have. But that is not the main objective. The main objective is I want to trust God. I want to obey God through the famine. And all this are just the fruits that we will bear. We are not chasing the fruits. We are chasing for the source of our giver, God. So today, would you relocate your trust back to God? You know, I love that our background today is a chair. You know, it symbolizes like the throne of our life. Probably, perhaps, today God is no longer sitting on the throne in your life. And you have replaced God by sitting on that throne in your life. Just like all of us now looking very nicely behind that sofa. Perhaps you should relocate back. God, this place is yours. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey you no matter what happens. God, I know it's impossible. The world thinks it's stupid to work hard at this time. The world thinks it's ridiculous. Why work hard? Just do the bare minimum to survive. You know, just do 9 to 5. 5 o'clock off everything. You know, do not disturb more. Turn it on. No phones can come in. No calls can come in. Just do that. That The world is telling you that. But you know what? What is God saying to you, to you today? Is He asking you to move? Is He asking you to stay? Or is he asking to prepare for something? I don't know. But during the famine, there are various responses. I just want to tell you that we cannot limit God in the box. We cannot put God in a box by thinking, oh, this, is what, this was what Abraham did, let's do this. This was what Joseph did, let's do this. This was what Isaac did, let's do this. But you know what? No. It's not about just following what they do or what they did, but it's about seeking God. God, what do you want me to do in this time of the pandemic? You know what? A lot of times, we often say, God, you are good. God, you are great. It's be because the situation around us, our circumstances is saying that, oh, we are going through a good time. Therefore, God is good. But when in the time of famine, just like what we see in Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, can we still say, God, you are truly good? Even though my circumstances is so bad, but we know that, I know that you are a good God. Just like in the book of Habakkuk, Chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, this is what the Bible said. You know, though the fig tree may not blossom, 
nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there will be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You know, a lot of times we can only say, God, you are good because we receive our increment, we receive our promotion, we receive a good news. You know what? In this verse, things are really bad. It's like a famine. But we rejoice in God because we know God is the, alone is the source of goodness because God Himself is good in spite of all the difficulties inside of the, the famine and the pandemic that we are going through now. You know, we will rejoice in God for the goodness of God, not just because of the situation around us. And, and, and that's what is important. I want all of us, I want to encourage all of us to be able to look to God and say, God, truly you are good. You know, the problem with us is that is what we are living in the dimension of time. We may be thinking, oh, this famine, when is it going to be over? We, we always are looking for, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I can't see the end. The, the problem with us is that we are living in the dimension of time. We, we kept wondering, when will COVID end? When will we get back again to normal? Oh, now that we are 70% vaccinated, is that the end? I don't know. But you know what? We, we are bound in this dimension of time but God is not God is not and He can work wonders can I just encourage you today to trust Him my wife and I have been privileged to reach out to a friend of ours a very close friend for many 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 years we've been trying to reach out to her and um, a few years ago she had she got a news that she was diagnosed with cancer we kept praying for her. We, 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 we reached out to her and we said, oh, why don't you trust in Jesus? Jesus will help you. Jesus will, will heal you. And we were so glad. Like, towards early this year, we, we, she said, yes. Yes, I thank you, Jamie. I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. We were like so happy. Say, amen. We celebrate. God is going to heal you, you know. And right after that, after she gave her life to Jesus, she she had she has had many many rounds of chemotherapy. You know, probably five six rounds, and she has been fighting this for three years. And right after that, she thought she'll be all right. And you know what? It happened again, and the doctor told her she's in stage four. Wow. It's like God revealed himself to Abraham the promises and say, I'm going to bless you. Da, da, da. You know, I'll give this to you. Your descendants will be great. And right after it was then, the famine come. It, it just hit us like that. Like, Why God? And you know, we, we, we were doing Bible study with her and, and she said this to, to us. You know what? When the doctor told me that it's stage four and prepare for the worst, I had peace in my heart and I knew it's going to be okay. Wow, that faith was amazing. And, 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 and she lives in KL. So we, we, we told her, you know, why don't you get connected with the life group, that you have a community to support you. And, and this was an interesting thing I want to share with you. So she joined a life group. One night during the Zoom life group, the worship leader was worshiping, leading worship. And um, 
and then the worship leader suddenly just stopped the worship. Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. I just feel God has a word to give to someone here. So the worship leader, the, the life group leader stopped the worship and said to this friend of ours, say, hey sister, you know what? God has a word for you. And he said this, God will take care of your wonton. The wonton me wonton, okay? So when she told, told us this, I was like, Salala, confirm this life group leader. Where God, where, when will God say this kind of thing? And then she told us this. You know what? Ever since years of chemotherapy, I have been craving for all my life. I have been craving for a plate of wonton mee for a very, very long time, but I cannot eat. And the life group leader just said, Sister, God will take care of your wonton. It totally blew her away. I was like, wow. It's amazing. She kept her faith. Even though the doctor said, prepare for the worst. She said, I have trusted God. Today, we, we may not go into stage 4 cancer or anything, but you could probably go into a situation, perhaps it's a life and death situation, perhaps it's a, a defining moment in your life, perhaps it's a moment that will make you or break you just like a famine does to all these three people. I encourage you, you know, to trust in God. The world sees famine as a way to hell, a matter of death. There's no way anything can prosper during famine. But God can use the famine to do a supernatural work of wonder in our lives. And God can do this. And I want to close with these two verses from the book of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 5 it says this in the Passion Translation, it says know the importance of the season you are in and a wise son you will be know the importance of the season the importance of this season and a wise son you will be but what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. The world sees no opportunity in famine. But you can see how God prospered Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph through the famine. You know, God saw there was a greater opportunity in famine to do works of wonder, to reunite their lives, to place their trust back to God again, to prosper them. You know what? I want all of us to seek God today. God, what is the importance this season in my life? And I don't want to slip through this day of opportunity. It could be an opportunity for you to impact someone's life. It may not just be making wealth. It may be an opportunity for you to restore a relationship. It may be an opportunity for you to, to, to get back to church again, to put that trust in God again, to get God to sit at the throne of your life again instead of us. Figuring out one way. God, it could be a time that God asks you to move. It could be a time that God asks you to stay. It could be a time that God asks you to prepare for what's coming ahead. I don't know. But you know what? We can all seek God and ask God, God, what is the importance of this season to me? I don't want to waste it. I don't want to miss it by just slipping through it. That when we wake up one day, oh, it's 2024, 1st January. What happened for the past three years? I've literally stayed at home, wake up for Zoom, meetings, lunch, 
meetings, Netflix, sleep, and that's 365 days gone. I want all of us to trust God. And not only that, demonstrate our trust by putting it out in actions like what Isaac did, like what Joseph did. Add value to our employers. Add value to your workplace. If you're running a business, add value to your partners. And Proverbs 16, verse 1 to 3. It says this, Go ahead and make all the plans you want, but it's the Lord who will ultimately direct your steps. The Lord will direct your steps. You know, it's interesting. It says, go ahead and make all the plans you want. And it says, we are all in love with our own opinions, convinced they are correct. You know, we will always love that our opinions are the best. Our opinion is correct. But the Lord is in the midst of us, testing and probing our every motive. You know, I pray, Today, as you plan, God will test you and probe you. This plan is this honoring God, is this desiring God. And let's let's move on. In, in, in verse three, it says, "Before you do anything, that means you can plan. You can plan as much as you want, but before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Then every plan you make will succeed. Remember God." Don't make the mistake that Abraham did. He moved to Egypt. He forgot about God. We can plan. We can do all things. Don't be passive. I, I, I don't like it when, when, when I go to a meeting sometimes. Oh, let's be free. Let's, let's just see what the Holy Spirit inspires us. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants us to go through. I, I, I know there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? I don't like that passiveness of just waiting. I, like, I want to be active or waiting. It's the behavior of how we wait that matters. It's not the waiting. I don't want to waste a year of time waiting and doing nothing. But I want to go through a year of time waiting but be active trusting in God that God will definitely come and God will definitely do a work of transformation use me as a vessel to impact my community and my sphere of influence for Jesus Christ can I encourage you this morning don't live the same life don't let the famine don't let the pandemic drag you down God has a greater plan for you God has a greater plan for city lights we can't meet physically but God has a plan for us have faith even though it's famine, the world says it's not possible. But we have a God who specializes in the impossible. When, when you think it's impossible, God says, hey, hey, come on, you don't test me. I will, I will prove it to you. God loves that. And when it happens, people around us, just like Isaac, the Philistine, he was so prospered until the Philistines envied him. Oh, that was just a fruit of that. I'm not going to go. That is not my main objective. That's my, not my main target. But I know. If I trust God, He will keep me through the famine. He will sustain me through the famine. But that's the thing that we need to do. We need to trust Him. We need to relocate our trust back to Him. We can plan, but we must remember God in our plans. Don't just be waiting, God. Ring down plans, ring down ideas. You know what? Let's be proactive. I want us to be a proactive Christian, a believer for Jesus Christ. And believe that, you know what? The best is yet to come even though in time of famine even though in time of pandemic amen you know as the worship team lead us uh, as Joey lead us into this song you know I want all of us to begin to, th- to think how we have gotten here since March 18 last year when the MCO starts what were the decisions that has gotten us here perhaps there's something we need to 
fine tune. We need to relocate ourselves, our trust back to God again. Perhaps we have been in the driving seat. Perhaps this is the time you say, God, all right, God, I'm going to stop the car. I'm going to go to the back seat. You drive now. I'll just follow wherever you lead me. I'll just follow. What your word says. I, I don't want to paint a gloomy picture. You know, the famine has painted a gloomy picture enough. The world has painted a gloomy picture enough. The world is calling this as unprecedented time like this. It has never happened to this extent. Every famine in the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, it got worse and worse and worse. You know, when it comes to Joseph, there were seven years of famine. And the Bible said they totally could not remember the abundance seven years that they had before. You know, probably the, the world is saying that there's nothing good that can come up on a pandemic. But you know what? God wants to use this season to do something extraordinary. God wants to do something that's supernatural. You know what? Today, if your heart, if you know that where you are, where you are today, you have relinquished, you have, you, you have, you have said, God, you, you, you step behind. I will take control. Today, probably is the time to say, God, I want to put my trust back in you again. Or today, perhaps you have been passive. You say, oh, I've been just waiting. I've been just waiting. I'm not doing anything. You know what? I want to start to show my value. I want to start trusting God. And by trusting Him, I want to show my value to work hard. To show that I know that God through this time will do an amazing work. Or perhaps you have been, you have been in a broken relationship, in a family. You know what? God could use a time like this, an unprecedented time to restore your family. I don't know what it is for you. But I know God can speak to each and every one of us. All 53 participants of 53 Zoom windows here individually. What is the importance of this season for you? Father God, we thank you. Oh Jesus, we thank you for what you've shown us that God truly indeed you use even the bad times, a bad season like famine to achieve wonder in your people, oh God. And truly God, you can do it again today. In the times of this pandemic, you're going to use this to turn things around for your good, for your glory, oh God. Therefore, we, play, we put our trust in you. We anchor our faith in you, God. Father, we pray this morning we will not be a passive person. We just sit there and, and quietly waiting for the time to come. And all these things is over. We get back to work. But God, right now we start our engine. Right now we step on an accelerator. We want to trust in you. Oh, we want to put you back, oh God, in that seat on the throne, oh God, of our life. It's no longer us devising the plans, just to what do we do, but God, we want to remember you in all our decisions, in our plan. So if that's you today, you say, oh God, I want to come back to you again. I want to realign my trust back to you again. Why don't you just raise your hand in the Zoom window? You know, just, just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to realign my trust back to God again. I want to realign my trust back to God again. So if that's you, just raise your hand. Nobody sees it, but it's a, it's a declaration of faith. Say, God, today, I know it's going to be bad. I know the times are bad, but I choose to trust in you and you alone. Amen. So, Father, we pray. Just as Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, they went through famine, and they came out from it. A life. Not only alive, you have prospered them, you have multiplied their wealth even more. God, it's a story of your faithfulness. It's a story of your, the, the amazing work that you have done in their lives. So, Father, as we look to them, as we look to those heroes of faith, Lord, we know that, Lord, you are alive and you can do the same to our life today. And God, it's not that we are chasing after the wealth of the world, but God, 
that is just something that will come by the way oh God, but Lord today we want to put our trust firmly in you knowing that Lord that we will come out from this pandemic not just barely survive but God we will thrive we will be making such a great impact that as we as we exit from this famine from this pandemic God Lord we will have so many praise reports Lord because City Light is shining so brightly in Penang in Malaysia because we know God and Lord you have greater plans for Penang that Lord, we cannot just say we are part of the plan by just sitting down at home and waiting for it to happen. God, we pray today, move us, oh God, as well move your heart, oh God, that we will all get involved with the work of your gospel, with the work of your kingdom, oh God. That Lord, we will be proactive. That when we go to work tomorrow, there will be such an evident change and transformation in our attitude. We will not just be there. We will not just be present to check our attendance and then we just do our minimal, our bare minimal. But God, we will do our very best as if we're doing it for you, just as your word says. And God, we will add values to our employer. We will add values to our school. We will add values to our teacher. We will add value to our class. We will be the first one to answer the questions. We want to be the best because that's what it takes to glorify you, God. So Father, we pray right now there will be a shift in mindset, God, in all of us, God. There will be a shift in our hearts, God. It's not just a living in a passive, in a fearful way in this famine. But God, we want to live in favor, God, during this famine. Knowing that, Lord, you will accomplish greater things through our lives that will only glorify your name. That people around us can see, God, you have done an amazing work in Hexen's life. You have done an amazing work in Victor's life. You have done an amazing work in, uh, in Yao Fong's life. You will do an amazing work in, 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 in Yong Sing's life. God, we pray for our times in, in 2022 at such a time again, oh God. We will all come back with so many stories, so many praise reports to share because of the wonder that you have done in our lives. So, Father, we thank you give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people say Amen, 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 Amen. Why don't we give God a big, 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 big praise offering. Amen, Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to encourage you, you know, these three stories are examples of how they responded to famine. They could move, they could stay, they could prepare, but they did what God told them to do. Seek God. What is the importance of this season for you? You know, I, I truly believe as we come back again, maybe for our first service I, or next year we come back for Christmas, there'll be so many amazing testimonies to tell. Amen. God bless you.